right, let's see if we could do this. I always feel like Superwoman when we do these. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Soul School Podcast. The Soul School Podcast is a monthly podcast to bring you conversations that inspire, bring you hope, and acceptance. This month's episode is all about accountability. How can we stay accountable and reach our goals and dreams? We have a little something for everyone this month. But before you dive in, we have one mission for you. Know yourself. This episode will certainly be more powerful if you've done some self-reflection, or even better, if you've been studying a system of personality test, or even if it's astrology or just journaling. Getting some self-reflection before listening to this episode will be extremely helpful, especially when it comes to knowing what your goals and dreams are for the rest of the year. Whether it's the Myers-Briggs system, the Enneagram, Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies, or whatever system of personality test or way you like to know yourself, we ask that you think about that as we proceed with this month's episode. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Soul School Podcast. As we said in our intro, we're talking all things accountability today. According to Newsweek, most resolutions fail by the second week of February. So that means that your New Year's resolution has already failed. (laughs) Womp womp. Maybe it hasn't. (laughs) But never fear. We are here to talk about accountability and reviving your goals no matter what time of year you're listening to this. We believe you can start at any time. I just saw a billboard that said, any day now is now. And I thought it was the perfect way to think about what you want to do in your life. Don't wait for an arbitrary date. Start living the life you want now. But how the heck do we get from A to B on the roadmap to our goals? Believe it or not, it's not motivation. Mel Robbins says your feelings don't matter. The only thing that matters is what you do. Change starts with our habits, but changing our habits is so hard. Yes, I am on the opposite end of that spectrum, Kasha, where I feel like I have really great habits, but they're bad habits. I'm just really great at keeping them. I don't know if you feel like that at all, but I I thought I was like, I thought I had a problem with keeping habits, but I just realized that a lot of my habits are so strong and they're just not positively affecting mm-hmm. me. So I don't know how much I've changed a habit before. One thing I can think of is when I lost weight, I lost 75 pounds. I did it on Weight Watchers. I ran a marathon. So I can change my habits, but for big goals. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time keeping it from the day to day, and I feel like you're the opposite. I feel like you're so good about your daily habits. You probably are going <laughs> to not agree with me because everybody's so hard on themselves, but I really do think you're good at establishing new habits and staying accountable. How do you feel you know, about that? Thank you, first of all. That's such a nice compliment. I would say it totally depends on the habit. I feel like the one habit that's been really hard for me lately has been exercise. It's just so... it's. I know that if I get into the routine of it, it's like I can foresee in the future, like I know I'm going to get there and it'll become so easy, but it's just starting the exercise part. And so making it habitual is so difficult for me right now. And that hasn't been something that's been hard for me in the past. It's really quite, it's quite curious to find out why is it so hard for me to start that habit now versus other habits have come so easy to me. It's funny just Figuring that out in your 30s, sometimes it changes. Yeah, I agree. I was so motivated when I was in my early 20s, and I think that maybe has to do with energy level, or I don't know if it's the world gets you down by the time you're in your 30s. (laughs) Yeah. It's also just our bodies. That's a natural thing that our bodies start to slow down. And it's interesting you said about the exercise thing, because you and I used to exercise together. And although it never, I think, turned into a long-term habit, we were really good when we were doing it. Yes, I agree. And I shouldn't say good, because I don't like using the terms like good and bad around exercise and diet and everything like that. But we were consistent. consistent. We were consistent. (laughs) Eerie. (laughs) ESP. So the, (laughs) we're just talking to ourselves here, really. Uh, (laughs) This podcast is over. We're just going to mentally... (laughs) 
Check you later. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's really interesting because I'm reading the book called The Motivation Myth by Jeff Hayden. He starts off saying that motivation is a myth. You're not more motivated than somebody. We beat ourselves up about, hey, I... I'm just not as motivated as Kasha Mm -hmm. or Kasha is so much more driven than I am. What he says is we need to experience success early and often in small and frequent bursts to keep us going. So we can't just start something and not feel successful right away. And I would love to draw that back to teaching because I see teachers do this a lot where they expect their students to be successful Mm -hmm. right away. So true. Without... Right, without providing them an opportunity to feel good about themselves. I'm wondering, for me, I want to read more and you want to work out more. Are we experiencing success right up front? Or is it we are, but that's fleeting and we Mm -hmm. need a way to stay accountable? I hope today we will be able to talk about some ways to stay accountable and hopefully keep our listeners accountable, but also selfishly keep ourselves accountable yes. at the end of this. Before we jump in, I would like to draw your attention back to the intro where I talked about the four tendencies or the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs. Look at these ways to stay accountable through a lens of knowing yourself. If you don't know yourself, you're not going to be successful with these and you're going to feel like you're swimming upstream. So really take what is for you and keep it, change it, make it yours, and cut away the fat, cut away the things that don't work Mm -hmm. for you. So don't feel guilty if one of these things does not work for you because that's not the point. We're trying to help you find ways to stay accountable to yourself and maybe to others as well. The first thing we want you to do to stay accountable is to put it out there as a visual. When you see what you want, You can't deny it every day. If you have a vision board, like Kasha is really good about her vision boards. I did a vision board. You want that in a place where you can see it so you can go back and say, oh, yeah, I have the goal of reading three times a week for an hour. I should shut my phone off and go upstairs. And put it somewhere where you are going to see it every single day. So not once a week, not twice a week. Maybe it's in your closet next to your jewelry when you're getting ready in the morning. Maybe it's in your bathroom somewhere. Maybe it's in your bedroom or beside your nightstand. For me, I keep it by my desk. And so every morning, you know, when I'm going through my emails, I see it every single day so that it's consistently you're seeing it. And like Anna said, you can't deny it when you see it because it gets you all excited and looking towards your goals and your future. That's perfect. I like that you keep it where you can see it every day. To be honest, mine kind of moves around the house to where it's least in the way. Uh, Maybe (laughs) that's God telling me, hey, you know, you need to keep these at the forefront. So keep it out there. Keep it so you can see it. And maybe even if you have a significant other or a roommate, they can keep you accountable that way too. But here's the thing. I'm not saying to go out there on Instagram on Facebook in front of a crowd to tell everyone about your goal. Now that sounds crazy because that's all we do in this society. But studies have shown that if you share your goals with others, it gives you a premature sense that you've already accomplished it. Isn't that crazy, Kasha? That's crazy because you would think it'd be the exact opposite that if you put it out there that, you know, others would be like, oh yeah, that's great. You know, I'm doing the same thing and maybe it would motivate you maybe. Right. But like you just said, that person's like, oh, that's awesome. So you reap the benefit already. You got the social accolades. And most people aren't going to be great accountability partners. They're just there to say, oh, great, gave you a pat on the back. They're not going to check in with you and keep you accountable. This ultimately leads you to start to relax about your plans and not follow through. You think you're getting an accountability partner, but really you're just getting that early pat on the back. I'm also not saying don't tell anybody about your goals or your dreams. It's more effective to share your plans, your roadmap, how you're going to get there, not just the end result. Thinking about the end result alone won't get you very far. You have to see the steps. It's like the whole maybe not see the whole staircase, but at least take the first step that goes into that. So put your stuff out there for you, not for everybody to give you a pat on the back, even though you're going to deserve it. Have it somewhere visual. Share how you're going to do that. Don't just share 
your hopes and dreams. You got to put something behind it. Anna, that brings me to the point, you know, I never thought about it is not, like you said, not everybody's a great accountability partner. So you really kind of have to like either research or kind of scope out like your support team and see like who's the best. Maybe there's just one person. Maybe it's your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your significant other. Maybe it's your roommate. That just, I never thought about it that way is, yeah, not everybody's a great accountability partner. They might mean well, but also getting very clear on exactly what you need from your accountability partner. Like I know, Anna, you're one of mine. And and for me, it's, hey, Anna, could you text me every week on Sunday or something to make sure that I'm doing that one thing that I'm focusing on? So that's a really interesting thing to think about. I've never thought about it that way. You bring up a great point. You have to be clear with your accountability buddy, your partner, your spouse, your friend, what you want, and then how frequently. Because I know we set up a thing where I was going to check in with you, but then it could start to feel like, oh, am I bugging them? They're not doing that. Are they mad? Are they going to be like, I don't want to talk to you Am I not doing it enough? (laughs) Just getting very clear about it. That's such a good point. Right. So- Get clear with your accountability partner what you want as far as check-ins go. And there's a myriad of ways of doing that. And we will definitely talk about that when it comes to apps, which I can't wait to talk about. Yes, I'm super excited for you to give us some pointers of things that will help us and guide us and support us. One of the things that has really helped me in the past, depending on what goal I had set or what I was working towards, is accountability groups. Because I'm not someone like my husband or many of my friends who can just get up and go to the gym and just work out and just do their focus on whatever it is that they have at their goal or... You know, somebody who's like, I'm going to meal prep every Sunday and they religiously do it and they get groceries on Saturday or something and they just do it on their own. Like we have friends like our friend Sarah is so good about that. She always meal preps at least once or twice a week and she religiously does it and she has a schedule. I'm not like that. So for me, I need friends and groups to be able to do that. So one of the things that has worked for me just because one of my goals is to exercise more and just really focus on my health, Um, just coming off of lots of medications and detoxing. One of the things that I really find that, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard of this, is Beachbody. And one of the things that I love about Beachbody, and I'm sure many of you have probably either tried it or done it, or maybe you haven't found it as successful, but some of the things I loved about Beachbody is they have this app. You basically put in how many times a week you can take a picture or you can text in this app to say, okay, I did my protein shake for the day. This is my workout. You could take a picture. You can cheer other people on. You can like it. And it's private. So I'm not posting it to Facebook. It's just in this private group. So it might be five people in my Beachbody group. There might be 25. And so I just felt like this sense of community, Anna, when I was doing it, I just felt like we were all cheering each other on. It was a positive atmosphere and it just held me accountable because then I saw everyone else in my my group who was already checked in their workout that I was like, oh man, like I got to get that workout in. That was really helpful to me. And I can't tell you if it was specifically that app. Was it because it was a positive community or group? But I really felt like we had each other's backs and that was very helpful to me. And I've also seen that, Anna, when you and I did the boxing for several weeks, I knew I couldn't quit on you because it was just the two of us. So I knew if I didn't show up to class, you would just be there by yourself without me. And I couldn't do that. Like I couldn't bear the shame or the guilt of having you go to the gym or to boxing classes without me. So it was that like check-in that worked for me. It was a sense of competition because if you were doing an extra set of reps, I'm like, oh, I can do that. Like I would push myself even harder. So that has helped me, that accountability, but that support and that competition, that healthy competition has been very helpful for me. One of the things that Sean and I had done a couple years ago was we created an Excel spreadsheet and we, it was like a healthy competition to see. And I don't know, Anna, if you've done this before with friends or family, but I created, we created an Excel spreadsheet. So whoever by the end of each week, so at the end of the month, whoever had more workouts would have to make like a homemade dinner or make reservations at a new restaurant or create an act, do an activity that the other who has won has been wanting to try out or do. And that I don't know. Have you found groups like that helpful to you, Anna, in whether it was like Weight Watchers or reading groups or other healthy competitions that you've done? I like the idea of a reward. The idea you and Sean did where you earned something, whoever had more workouts. I find the open-ended things such as whoever had 
more workouts versus I worked out five times this week to be more motivating for me. With Weight Watchers, I was most successful Mm. when my aunt and I went together. We both lost a significant amount of weight together that neither one of us has been able to lose since. Mm. And I've tried going to Weight Watchers by myself, and it just has not been successful. I will say I can get there on my own, but I need to feel supported in that environment. And Mm. the group I was going to, I did not feel supported in. So I stopped going. And that doesn't help. Of course, it's like, you know, they say when you slash, when one tire gets flat, you don't slash the other three. But it just wasn't serving me. So again, like you said, the accountability group that you're in has to be a positive environment. I have done the Beachbody groups before. They have an app and it logs how many workouts you have. Again, the visual there really helps to keep me accountable. And I'm sure that worked for you too, but also maybe just having a calendar or the Excel spreadsheet idea, like Kasha said, something where you can see your results and you can be accountable to that. Another thing that has helped me has been Facebook groups. And I'm And I feel like you're so much better about Facebook and groups. The one group that I was, I was pretty consistent with because really that's what accountability is and habit is about consistency. The one that I was consistent with was one of my friends. She started a Facebook group. So it wasn't just exercise, but it was also clean eating. And what I loved about her group is she would have different leaders take on different weeks. So it wasn't just all my friend that was posting all these things. It'd be like new recipes to try or, hey, are you vegan? Are you gluten-free? Are you dairy-free? Like, here's an option. Here's a meal I made. And I find a lot of my recipes via Pinterest. It was just like a nice breath of fresh air because a lot of these were moms who work full-time and they're creating these really awesome, delicious recipes. And I felt like that accountability group was just very unique because there were others who were setting measurable goals. There were people with good track records. There was frequent communications and postings. And there was also an engaged community. And I think that's huge if you are doing accountability groups or like a Facebook group or an app. There's so many other apps besides Beachbody that do it really amazing. But those are ones that I've just been a part of. Also, one of the things that I genuinely loved about this Facebook group is that they allowed for temporary failure. And when that happened, there was just such genuine authenticity and transparency. Like, oh, one of us got sick. We weren't able to post. It was just this really nice sense of community that I know you were a part of. And I don't know if you still are, but that, I don't know. I really like that group. I don't see that. I I don't see anything from that. I don't know if I'm still in it. I don't think I actively left it, but... The thing, too, to remember is this is kind of big on social media now, but if you are in a group where you don't feel good, even if it's a positive group, but you're starting to compare yourself, you Mm -hmm. know that those kinds of groups aren't for you. And again, that doesn't mean they're bad. That doesn't mean you're bad. It just means that isn't serving you right now. So Again, we want you to know yourself while you're looking at these things. And if this is making you feel bad, that's not the lens we want to come at this from is we want you to feel good and still attain your goals without feeling bad. So don't let comparison get the better of you. Just you've got to find the right people to motivate you. And maybe you keep it hugo like we talked about last (laughs) time. And there's only three people and maybe it's... A group that you and two of your best friends just create on Facebook or a Voxer group. We use Voxer to talk a lot. Or maybe it's just a text message. That's another way that you can stay accountable. So think of these things and how you can fit them to your life here. How can you get an accountability group on Facebook or somewhere else and make it work for you? Thank you. And thank you for saying the comparison piece. I know we've talked about this on our podcast before, but comparison is such evil and it robs you of such joy because what your small goals that you're working towards might be huge for you, but it might be really small for someone else and it doesn't matter because it's just about you and you're working towards it. So comparison is 
is evil. No, it's never helpful. No. <laughs> it's never positive. You never walk away feeling like, wow, I just feel great about my goal or, you know, how I'm working towards accountability. So don't do it. I, although I'm guilty of it sometimes when I'm on social media or even comparing within my own friends group as well. Right. And it could still be positive. Like you were saying, if you saw somebody making a healthy meal, you might go, oh, I should really not order in tonight. I'm going to pull out that salad I was going to eat or I'm going to make that steak. It can still be positive, but you've got to be reflecting back on your own feelings of what is the motivation here? Is it to meet your own goals or is it because you're feeling bad about yourself in comparison to somebody else? Absolutely. Some of the accountability hacks that I have found that have been helpful in my own life is fitness trackers such as Fitbit. And what I love is the healthy competition because you can invite friends and family in to see who that week is going to be the walk. Sean's always going to win. <laughs> always. I- my friends are like, please don't invite I- Sean because he always <laughs> wins. And I'm like, the only reason he wins is because his tennis, when he plays tennis, yes. he, <sighs> it's so frustrating. <laughs> Unhealthy comparison to Sean. Uh, it's not realistic because nobody walks that many steps unless you're playing tennis or you're running. Don't invite Sean. Sorry to interrupt. I just I just had to share that. It's so with true. Our it's so true. Sean or my friend Heather is like amazing. Eating. Yes. <laughs> my friend Heather also. She's like I'm like do you, do you have a what do you call the the ellipt like the work desk like ellipticals that people have or like the yeah. Is that what it's called? Like the work desk elliptical? elliptical? Desk, yeah. Yes. So I had asked our our friend Heather, I was like, do you have one of those at work? Because it is impossible that you have that many steps. And she's like, no, I just really never sit down. I'm always walking. And she's probably and wearing heels. <laughs> probably. Goodness. <laughs> probably. Um, so fitness trackers such as Fitbit. I know some people have Apple Watches. I know, Anna, you have one. But Fitbit works just great for me because I don't need to know like all those other information. I just steps is really important to me and I like the healthy competition and they're just fun to like look forward to and update at the end of the week and see if you've come anywhere close to the rest of your friends in your group. Remember smart and I know we've done this since we were kids is specific, measurable, actionable, relevant and time bound. So give yourself a specific time be measurable, be specific, as specific as possible, and then set those actions and make sure it's relevant in your life and that's realistic. One of the things that I'll go in a little bit more depth is a passion planner. And that has significantly helped me a few years in a row. Or join a competition. I know, Anna, you've done this, I think, with coworkers, was it? Or was it an app that you used? For what? I don't remember which one. I think, was it like steps that you were working towards and there was like money? Was there money involved, I think? Oh, step bet. I've done a step bet before. And what is that? That is where you can earn money. You all pay into it and then you're given a specific step goal. So you could do that. And that one, it was accountability for me, but it also made me feel bad when it was polar vortex and I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I that's quite, not a good time. <laughs> I quite simply just could not get those steps in. So <laughs> I know we've been talking more on the fitness side, and I don't want it to sound like that's all we're talking about. So you could definitely join a competition if you like art join an art competition. You might not win, but at least you're doing more art that way. Or set up a competition of who can read more books in a month or who can take more walks. That doesn't even have to be a fitness aspect either. Um, You could create your own competition. And if you think that's going to work for you, that is amazing. So again, it all seems to rotate around apps. There's so many apps and I think they're great. And there's just... So many ways to reach your goals now. Absolutely. And one of the things, like even one of my friends, she's a teacher and she does like a poetry slam. And so several students and even young young adults and adults get to submit their own poetry. And it's it's not necessarily competition because everyone gets to share it, but whatever passion hobby you have, go at it. If I want to be able to play the guitar several times a week and you set a healthy competition for yourself, do what works for you. These are just some things that I've either found that works within my friends or family and things that I've tried that I've really enjoyed and had fun with. And if you're not having fun, (laughs) 
I feel like don't do it. <laughs> if you're not enjoying it or it's not pleasurable and you're just miserable, maybe that's not that's for you. Perfect. Also, I'm thinking how I said, I was kind of laughing saying that my vision board moves pretty often, but I actually think that's <laughs> perfect because there is a phenomenon and I can't remember the name of it, but if you have a piece of artwork or just an object that's been sitting in one spot in your house for a long time it actually becomes part of the background and you don't notice it anymore so Mm. i would really challenge you to change up not your goals but change up the messages you're giving yourself maybe weekly if you have that gusto every week i guess but put post-it notes on hang on let me try this the idea of post-it notes I think is probably the best one because you can move them around your house. You can change them easily. And one thing that I saw that I really liked was putting them on your bathroom mirror. So if Mm -hmm. your goal is to love yourself more this year, you're going to put affirmations on your mirror of, I am beautiful. I am confident. I feel strong. And rotate those out so you're not getting fatigued on this message we want to keep it fresh that I think will help you keep accountable too because you're physically writing them down a lot I know Rachel Hollis says that she writes down her top 10 things as if they've already happened every single day and this woman has accomplished so much. One of her ones was, I only fly first class. and (laughs) I remember her saying that. Right, and she said she couldn't even see how that was going to happen. And that's what they said in the motivation myth. Jeff Hayden says, these people who are the highest achievers in their field, they didn't even think they'd be able to accomplish it. They cannot believe their success. But Mm -hmm. the reason that is, is because they literally just put one foot in front of the other every day they did it. And then at the end of the day, at the end of the month, at the end of 10 years, whatever, they have accomplished their goal. And that's interesting you say that, Anna, too, because they just started. That's really what it was, is they just started. They didn't start being perfect at it. They just started where they were. Yes, and I really want to find the quote from Mel Robbins, because... I let me I have to look this up because I was she is like my guru. And if you don't know who Mel Robbins is, we've talked about her before. Yes, you've got to check her out. This completely changed my life finding out about her because she introduces the idea of just counting backward from five. When you say, oh, I should go wash the dishes. You just go do it. You go five, four, three, two, one and you do it. And that's because Mel Robbins says, hesitation is the kiss of death. You might hesitate for just a nanosecond, but that's all it takes. That one small hesitation triggers a mental system that is designed to stop you. And it happens in less than, you guessed it, five seconds. Mm -hmm. So like you said, Kasha, five, four, three, two, one, just do it. She goes at in-depth in her book about Nike's saying of just do it is so powerful because Mm -hmm. it gives you an action and it's saying just do it not do it just do it don't think about it just do it I love that and I love Mel Robbins I know we've talked about her before but that that hack is just so darn simple it's like why did we come up with no kidding (laughs) lots of good stuff here One of the last things I want to share before we go into apps and Kasha's last point is something called the Booth of Promise, and this comes from the book Unquiet Land. And Gretchen Rubin, of course, love that woman, introduced (laughs) me to this concept. And this involves writing down your promises to yourself, having a witness, signing it, and then giving one copy to you, the promiser, and one to the witness. I like this. Love idea. that. <laughs> I love it so too. Good. I like that idea because I've seen this happen in one way or another, even before I read about it. And the one that I really liked was putting money with it. So you'd put money mm. in the envelope. And if you didn't meet your goal, you would have it go to a charity that you actually don't support. <laughs> 
Oh, it's, that's powerful stuff. <laughs> it's called an uncharity. So if you are a Republican, you're putting money in there and you're telling your witness, it's up to you to send this check to the DNC. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. Because, of course, if I had money put in an envelope and I gave it to you, Kasha, and I was like, if I don't meet my goal, this needs to go to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. It's right. actually not that motivating. So that's true. The booth of promise coming to that booth, putting your goals down and saying you're going to make it and having a witness there, I think is really powerful. You don't even have to put money with it. So that is one of kind of a more ceremonial thing you could do to be accountable. Oh, I love that charity thing because that would just motivate me to make sure it didn't go towards that <laughs> charity. That would make me so angry. Well, maybe it's something we'll pick for you, Kosh. Yeah, I would be so mad. <laughs> so one of the things that I've been reading recently is the One Thing book by Gary Keller, where he talks about we as humans take on way too many things that we strive towards and goals. And Anna and I have talked about this on previous podcasts. Oh, I want to do this. I want to get healthy and I want to have a, like a bedtime routine and and I want to be better about time management and, and, and journaling and, and all these things. And so his whole book is about just choosing one thing and stick with it. And so in his book, he says it takes an average, which, and I did not know this. I was always under the impression it's 21 days. He says it takes an average of 66 days to acquire a new habit. Yes, it's way longer than they thought. And if you think way about longer. it, that's over three times as long as we were yes. thinking it was going to take. And I totally agree. I do too many things all at once. And of course I fail. So many of us do, Anna. And this quote just stuck out to me so, I don't know, it just, I resonated with it and hopefully our listeners will too, but he says that success is actually a short race, a spring fueled by discipline, just long enough for a habit to kick in and take over. That's why I know I've mentioned the passion planner. That's why I love it so much because you start out with the passion planner. It's just like a regular planner, like so many of us, and I'm sure Anna has already tried the passion planner, but for me, it really resonated because you start out with the passion planner, you take five minutes and you set a timer and you create a list of all the things, whether it's big or small, you want to accomplish in the year ahead. And then you break it down into measurable goals and action items that you can accomplish so that they're manageable. And the planner then forces you to choose one thing out of that whole list that will have the most positive impact on your life. For me, I just it was like 66 days. That's so much longer than I thought. But if I break it down to smaller goals, then I can I can really be successful in that. So we're we're wanting you to be able to be successful. And like you said, with a student, we can't expect a student to be perfect in this if we don't break it down and give them time to be successful at this new habit. I love that. And yes, I think Passion Planner, I've heard great things. I haven't actually tried that one. But you don't need the Passion Planner friends to do this. I would say from what it sounds like, Kasha, people just need to write down a bunch of things that they would like to change about their life and then totally. highlight mm -hmm three that are going to be the most cha life-changing for you and bring more joy, more productivity, whatever you want to accomplish. Remember, stick with that goal and then choose the number one thing that's going to help you. And I love that he says success is a short race because that's exactly what Jeff Hayden says in The Motivation Myth. Mm -hmm. We need those short things and then it becomes a habit. There's so many books out there that we can recommend and I'm going to list them now so I remember to put them in the show notes but so one is called the power of habit the other is called mind hacking and the book you're reading Kasha one thing sounds like the book essentialism which is fantastic talks about just really simplifying your life so all those things are great for cutting away the fat and focusing on your one goal and one thing. And I think that will help people stay more accountable too, because then they're not thinking and spreading their eggs all over the place. I know they say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. But when it comes to creating a habit, I definitely think you do need to put all your eggs in that one basket until you're, it's a habit, until it's automatic, and then you can move on. Automatic is 
I, I, that resonates with me so much because then it's no longer a chore. It's just a part of your habitual everyday practice. Right. I got up every Saturday for like six months straight and I ran seven to eight miles. What? That's incredible. I ain't doing that now. (laughs) But if you just started and did it, you would do it again. Right. You would absolutely do it again. It's a habit. One of the most practical ways we can stay accountable is through our technology, our phone. You've got your phone in your hand probably right now while you're listening to this. You're probably scrolling something else while listening to this. How do (laughs) I know? Because I am that girl. I'm watching a Netflix show. I'm scrolling on my phone. (laughs) Let's tie, let's take what we already have and use it to our benefit. There are three apps I'm going to tell you about. Two are very, very similar, but they're also a little different. And then one is just completely different and you have to be accountable to yourself, but it will help Hmm. you to get going. The first one I want to talk about is called Stick. That's S-T-I-C-K-K. And it creates a commitment contract between you and well them. You pick the terms and the length. I went through and created mine. I want to read three times a week for an hour each night. And then I said I want to do that for 52 weeks. It had started me at just 16 weeks. But I think at the very minimum, like we were just talking about, we want this to be at minimum 66 days so that it becomes a habit. Now, the piece with stick that I like is that it includes that money, like the money in the envelope. So you choose a dollar amount for every time you miss your goal and you only check in weekly. So you don't check in every day. It goes to wherever you put it. You can send it to stick. You could send it to the an anti-charity, like I said. <laughs> Whatever that Oh, be. man. <laughs> so funny. Uh, or you could send it to a charity or you can send that money to your referee. And I'll tell you what your referee is. A referee is somebody that's going to hold you accountable. Mm. Let's say Kasha's my referee. She has access to stick and can say, hey, I saw Anna having a glass of wine, and she said she didn't want to have any wine this month. Kasha could go in and say, eh, she didn't make it. That, give me the money. Give me the money. <laughs> but the nice thing is, too, you can add friends for support, which is mm. so cool. They can cheer you on. And from what I could tell, it's free, except for when you are paying the money if you do not meet your goal for that week. So again, that goes, you check in every week and you see if you can make it. Another app is called BeMinder. And this is similar in that you pay money if you don't meet your goals. The nice thing is it's just sent straight in an email and you check in every day, which could maybe be a lot for people. So if you'd rather have the just weekly check-in, I would definitely go with Stick. If you want more accountability, BeMinder would be a great one. And the cool thing is it shows you how you're doing in a graph. And it will kick you off the system if you haven't paid and you haven't made your goal. So that one's pretty cool because it gives you the graph. My last app in a field of many, I wish I could talk, we could probably do a whole (laughs) show on these is one that I personally use and have used for a very long time. It is called Alarmed, and it is a very rudimentary app. There's no bells and whistles on what it looks like, but it is so helpful. I put in stuff that I need to remember when I get home. Let's say I needed to bring a chart for one of my coworkers, but I knew it was in my basement and I knew I needed to remember it. I would put that in my Alarmed app, and then I could set it to nag mode, Yes, nag mode. And it would (laughs) literally remind me every single minute. Holy cow. To go get the thing until I get it. Of course, there's user error. You could turn it off and forget about it. But for the most part, it's very flexible and it keeps it in there and it reminds you whenever you need it. Now, I do have a bi-weekly one to clip my cat's snails. I have ones that maybe go off every month, but this is something that it could help you stay accountable. I wanted to walk more at work, and I also wanted to drink more water. So I put both of those in my app 
to go off every half an hour at work. And it does go off every half an hour. (laughs) Do I do it every time? No, of course. It's like that post-it note. You need to be moving it around. It becomes kind of my routine to just silence it. But it does have me thinking, oh, hey, you wanted to drink more water. You should go fill up your water bottle. Mm -hmm. So though it's not perfect, it still helps me to stay accountable. So those are three apps. Kasha, are those any of those kind of calling out to you? The alarmed one I really like because sometimes you just need, for me, it's not just visual, but sound is really helpful. I still use the Pomodoro timer for 20 minutes. I know on most iPhones, you could say, hey, Siri, and then do that. That, the 20-minute increments still work for me, but it would be nice to have something specific that I'm working towards. Like you said, drink water, go fill up on tea, or prepare blah, 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 blah. So I, I like that one because I like that there's oh, sound yeah. this, associated with it. It sounds like a little dance party going off to my students will start <laughs> dancing when I, like I it. have it go off if my phone's not silent. So Oh, my so gosh. Those are all ways that you can stay accountable on your phone. But I don't want to discount how powerful it can be to have somebody who is there to make you accountable, whether it's a therapist or a best friend. But I really wanted to talk about life coaching. We have several friends who are life coaches. Kash is a life coach. And I'm intrigued by life coaching. I reap the benefits of having friends who've gone through the training. But I also was thinking today, and I thought I could probably really benefit from having somebody who doesn't really know me that can help me stay accountable. So if you're looking to maybe add that extra step into your accountability, I think life coaching might be a really great step for you. Kasha, could you just tell us a little bit about what life coaching looks like and how somebody would go about finding a life coach? Because I think that's the hardest part for people is they don't know where to find one. I always feel like a life coach is a friend, a truly an accountable friend. And like I like what you said, Anna, too, is they don't know me. And so there's no like there's nothing you have to apologize for. They're just there to support you, whether it's via check in, a phone call, a text, an email. Maybe you need support via an app or something. So those check ins from a coach are so powerful and at least for me, super important. And so the nice thing is, is if you are looking for a life coach, so I did my train through the Coaches Training Institute, and you could always look up different coaches via their website and their specialties. And so that's really helpful if you check out the Coaches Training Institute. And the beauty of most coaches, most life coaches, is they have a thing called a discovery session. And normally it's anywhere from like a 15-minute session, a 30-minute session, 45-minute session. And really you get to have like a consult with them and see if they're a good fit. As I tell my clients, I might not be the best fit for you, but I might know somebody else. And I'm not offended because it's got to work for my client. And if they're not motivated, if, if I'm not holding them accountable to the way they like it, I'm not offended. If, and then I'll just pass them on to another coach. So I think I'd like to always preface that is a good coach is never going to feel like they're pressuring you. You're not going to feel uncomfortable. And if you do, that's not the right life coach for you and go and research someone else. I highly recommend looking at what their credentials are, where they studied, and maybe they have like an Instagram or a Facebook account and check out. Are you inspired by them? Do you feel like you can take on anything? Do you feel like they're motivating you? If so, maybe that would be a life coach that you would like to start following and do a discovery session with to see if you guys would be a good fit. The check-ins, like I said, are just so powerful, especially if you're looking for someone to hold you accountable. For me, especially, it just, if my coach, I know my coach is going to follow up with me maybe on Tuesdays, and I'm very specific about what works for me, that I don't want to, I don't want to (laughs) fail. You know, I don't want to, because I know that she or he is going to be there right beside me and I am going to fail. That's part of finding what works for me. But they're they're supportive. They're loving. They're just, they're wonderful. So I would highly, highly recommend checking out a life coach and it might just be just what you need to that. hold yourself and accountable. many of them work on a sliding scale. So, and you don't need to be doing something every single week with them. It could really work for you. I think I might need to find one. I'll have to hit up Kasha after we're off the microphone. So we want to put this into practice and see how we do. We're going to commit to accountability. (laughs) Of course, we want more joy in our lives. And I think both of the things that we're going to choose will bring more joy to our lives. And 
in ways that maybe we didn't quite expect. Let's talk about it. Kasha, what do you want to commit to? One of the things that I find fun or where I get joy is getting uncomfortable. Since I'm trying to focus on exercise, I thought, why not try something I've never tried before or maybe that I have tried but a different studio or gym or something. One of the things I have been wanting to try but have been so terrified to try is Orange Theory. And Orange Theory is a three different part exercise all within one hour. You do rowing, you do spinning, and then you also run. Or if you're not a fast runner, like I'm not, you could speed walk. And they have like a heart monitor attached and your information's on a screen. And my neighbor has been bugging me about it for the last year. And she absolutely adores it. She loves it. She never misses it. Because I know myself, I need an accountability buddy or a partner. I would like to start actually going to classes with her. And so that's one exercise. Another exercise I adore is bar classes. And another friend of mine, she has never done it. I think it'll be really fun to be able to go to this studio and take a couple classes with her. So really, I'm finding two partners that I know are wanting to work out and I know they're going to hold me accountable. But then I'm also trying something fun and super uncomfortable. Well, what about you? Before we go on to that, I need to ask you to be a little specific. What is your goal? Like if we're doing not quite a smart goal, because that's that would take out writing and everything. But in order to know that you're successful in this, what are we going to how many times is it just once? What is that going to look like? I would love to be able to go to Orange Theory twice a week and bar once a week. Okay, so three times a week. And I think that would probably be like feasible for A, money, because they are expensive classes. But two is their schedules, because I wonder, will I go if they're not available? (laughs) Well, this will be the test. Exactly. Are you saying then your tool, because not only is this something we want to be accountable to, but we also need to use one of these tools that we've just talked about. What is your tool for accountability? Are you going to use one of the apps or are you just going to say it's the buddy system? I think the buddy system and one thing that I love from Beachbody's app is taking a pictures because then there's proof. Just saying that, oh, I did it this one time. It's like, no, I need pictures or I need a, a, a transaction or something to show like, no, I actually did it. Because I'm then proud of myself when I do complete Well, it. and there are apps where you can take a picture a day and it puts it into a calendar. So we're going to get that for you, I think. Perfect. So then it'll be like a visual of three times a week. Yes. For how long? Do we want to check in next episode? So in a month? Yes, that would be Perfect. wonderful. I would love that. Well, yours is way more labor intensive and mine <laughs> involves laying down. <laughs> That's Okay. What my goal is, is going to be completely different than anyone else's. So we want you guys to find pleasure in it. We definitely want you to get uncomfortable because if you're not getting uncomfortable, then you're not really growing, right? You're getting uncomfortable because this is not something you've been consistently doing. Tell us what you're wanting to do. So my goal is to read three times a week for one hour each time, and that will be done in a month. So we'll see how many books I read. And Ooh. I am going to use the Bee Minder and I'm going to set it to probably $2 every time I do not read for the the day. That could be a potentially $6 a week. Woo! Woo! Go. That's like a nice cup of coffee, too. I know. <laughs> Laying it on thick. Brandon's going to be like, where is this money going to? <laughs> yeah. No, he's not. Do you have a set of books, Anna, that you girl know that you want to read, please. or are you still putting that together? No, no. Th- this is just going to be whatever is in front of me because I have Got a it. huge bookshelf full of stuff. So you said in a month, so we'll get back to you in a month. How are you going to prove to us, or how are we going to hold you accountable so that we can see that you did it too? Well, I already said the B minder. <laughs> are you going to share results with well, us? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So. Yeah. Awesome. We hope, as always, that you found something in this episode that you can take away and implement in your life and that you will be more accountable to yourself and happy because you are accountable. Again, we don't want you to feel bad about any of this. Let us know. Drop us a like, subscribe, and please rate us. And let us know on our social media, on Instagram, what you are going to be accountable for this month. Let's end with our soul cool segment. 
where we share what's so cool in our lives this week. Kasha, what's so cool in your life this week? You know how Netflix has all these awesome movies and shows, and every week it seems like they're coming out with a new movie or a new show that's out on Netflix? I came across this new show. It's not a new show, but a new show to me. It's called When Calls the Heart, Mm -hmm. and... It's so good, and it takes place in the wild, wild west, and it just really makes me think of how interesting and how hard and difficult it must have been to grow up in that time period, and, you know, to have, like, one teacher for a classroom full of, you know, 40 students of all different ages. No, thank you. How to teach that. (laughs) And so I really, really love the show. I love the costumes. I love the actors. I love the setting. I've never been big into Wild Wild West, but this show, I feel like it really sets the tone, and all I want to do is research well, what it, how did they live back then? And the chores and how did students learn and how did they travel? If you are looking for a new show to get into, When Calls the Heart. I know you mentioned that it's not a new show. Do you know where it was before it was on Netflix? I believe it was on the Hallmark Channel. Mm, fancy. Uh-huh. So it's yeah. one of those. Is there romance and a prince? <laughs> There's... There's romance, and there's outlaws, and there's cowboys, and there's amazing costumes, and it's just really beautifully done. So I would highly recommend it. Anna, I want to know what's your so cool this week. Mine is also a TV show, and it's on Hulu, and it's called Pen15. Do you know what that spells when you write out Pen15, Kasha? Yes, yes. Okay. It's one of those shows. It's really funny. It's about... Two girls who are 13 in seventh grade in the year 2000, which is exactly the age I was. The Oh, wow. The soundtrack is probably the best part because it's all Mandy Moore and Backstreet Boys oh. and NSYNC. The two women who are the two girls are actually 24 or 26 and 31. They're trying to pass as 13-year-olds. They're, that's not the <laughs> premise of the show. It really is about their lives in the early 2000s but they are acting as 13 year olds it's really funny That's hysterical it's kind of cringe worthy and i just love that it's called pen 15 it's just yeah that's hysterical what's the genre it is comedy i i would say the most for the most part it's comedy the two women who write it and star in it are comedians it's oh, just nice. it's 30 minutes that's what i love about it and you're done you don't have to be fully invested i love that anna thanks as always we hope you enjoyed this episode make sure to follow us on instagram and to subscribe to our podcast like it and give a rating we really appreciate that and until next time stay inspired Say this is my